broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is Saturday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. It is Nerd to No Basis. It is Dublin Comic Con weekend. If you're listening to this, why aren't you at Comic Con? Uh, you should have been. Uh, I've just come from the the preview night uh, with the press panel with Lou Ferrigno, Charisma Carpenter, and Holly Marie Combs. Excellent panel. You guys are going to get it um, next uh, on this week's show. It's going to be uh, that full panel and my interview with Olivia Fahey, press coordinator from DCC, um, for the remainder of the show. But wow, guys. It looks like it's going to be one of the best show, uh, one of the best Comic Cons um, to date. Huge, huge, um, huge train haul. Uh, some great guests. I've seen some of the the live set things. I was talking to Carla Connor from the Nightmare Realm. Uh, that's <laughs> you know, if you don't like clowns, you don't like scary stuff, you know, avoid. But nah, don't avoid. It's 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 gonna it's unreal. Apparently, it's just one of the rooms that they have. Uh, that they brought over, so you know, test your metal and go and 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 see, uh, and see if you can, you know, get through the nightmare realm. That's pretty interesting. Uh, also, as well, there's a whole bunch of panels coming up, guys. Like seriously, um, I didn't even realize this until I went in myself and picked up the booklet. Full panels in every single rooms. Uh, of course, um, we will have a bunch of these. Um, on the show and on our SoundCloud or iTunes and Spotify and stuff like that as well. Don't forget as well on Sunday because this is going out on Saturday. Sunday at uh, four p.m. in Panel Room One. Literally everything is wrestling, hosted by myself, Keen and Bryn. Uh, we're going to be there, trying to prove everything is wrestling. Literally, so very excited to see about that. Um, hope you guys can make it. It's in Panel Room One. And uh, yeah, uh, the more people there, the more involved that it can be. Uh, that would obviously help us out a lot and make it more fun. Basically, the premise is we're gonna take it to the crowd and go right, shout out something, or you know, we'll have a Roman microphone, and then we we will have to go back and forward and, and prove everything is wrestling. So that's gonna be fun. That's coming up at four p.m. in panel room one on the Sunday. Um, but yeah, guys, like seriously panels all the way through i'm i'm really excited about the horror uh, in manga japanese pop culture uh ufo ireland which is going to be super fun um and then there's like writing for comics how to get into uh, the comic industry how to get into the game industry a lot of cosplay and then on the sunday as well there's more cosplay smartphone filmmaking um artist alley beginning the beginner's guide um portfolio game dev all that kind of stuff guys it is absolutely jam-packed so um if you're on the fence about going to comic-con this year get off the fence go to comic-con 
meet the traders, uh, go to trade hall, see the exhibitors. There's so much to see. I was there for three hours this afternoon and I didn't do half of it because I'm like, I'm going to save this for full weekend. Myself and the Nerds No crew are going to be there, um, obviously on a Sunday, but also on a Saturday. Keen will be there. He's uh, going to be dressed himself and his uh, girlfriend are going to be dressed as various Doctor Who characters. Um, two different Doctors, I believe. So keep an eye out for them. And also I'll be there um, at the panels. And I'll be there, obviously, on the Sunday um, for our own panel. But, yeah, if you've never gone to uh, Dublin City Comic Con, it's in the convention centre. It's Spencer's Dock Dublin 1. Tickets are on sale now. Go. It's going to be unreal. I'm telling you guys, probably one of the probably one of the best events of the summer. And I can say that only after going to the press night. So I'm really excited about tomorrow, uh, bright and early. But uh, by the time this goes out on Phoenix FM at 5 p.m., um, you have no excuse to not go on Sunday. So, uh, yeah. So, for the remainder of the show, you guys are going to get the press panel, which uh, literally was just a couple of hours ago, um, for DCC, the kickoff of Dublin Comic Con 2019 Summer Edition. So, here you go, guys. 2019. Just so you know, this is a Q&A session, so we'll start off, we welcome our guests to the room. Uh, I'll ask them a few questions, there will be a conversation there, and after that then I'll open to the floor so you can ask some questions as well. Questions and answers generally involve brief questions and answers, not long stories, and to remember that, no. Uh, so we need to keep it nice and brief, if you've got a question by all means, ask it, we'll make sure it's an intelligent one because you don't want to make anyone angry, and I'm not talking about Lou. Have you seen when Charisma gets angry? You don't want that, do you? No, you don't. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, can you please welcome to the room, Lou Ferengo. Uh, Frigno, uh, Charisma Carpenter, and Holly Marie Combs. You made it. First of all, um, just to open it out to you, uh, Lou, your first time back in Ireland in 25 years, how are you finding it? Well, the time I came here about uh, 25 years ago, I came here to get poked because I was about 330 pounds. And interesting because being here 25 years ago, Ireland to me was like 10 or 15 years behind the US. I was very uh, taken back by the hospitality of the people, uh, the gym, but now it changed so much because now we have gyms all over the place. But I've never seen so many red heads in my life. <laughs> I'm telling you, I see more today than ever. So it's good to be here. I want to thank you people for having us me here because it's a great uh, country. Um, Charisma, just over to you. You and Lou have actually worked together before. You didn't land together. Yeah, Butterfinger. Did. Butterfingers. Yeah. We worked together. We worked together uh, on Butterfinger campaign. Yes. But I see him at cons often because he's a cult favorite. And uh, I was on a show that was a cult favorite as well. So we have the fortune to travel the world together. Not together together, but together at, and work together. That's right. And you and Holly have also, also worked together. Yeah, and Sharon. Holly and I are very close. Yeah, we've worked together twice. But then we and then all of these hang out together more. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so let's kick it off first of all. Um, Chris, I want to go to you for a minute. Um, and I've watched interviews with you where, you, where you've said that, that the character that you played in Buffy, um, that that character helped you develop 
Actually, I remember the first time I saw Cordelia Chase. I remember the scene was, my name is Cordelia Chase. Oh, my name's, I didn't ask. <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, what a force to be reckoned with. But you've often said in interviews that it helped you find your voice as a person. Sure. Which characters often do. Tell us about that. Uh, just that I think when I was younger and growing up, I was a lot softer and soft-spoken and people-pleaser type personality. And today, I think, um, through the help of that character, Cordelia, I, maybe it was always in there, but she helped me arrive as a woman and to be able to say no, and obviously, in a great, it's all in how you say it, graciously say no, but to say no at all was such a far-fetched concept, you know, it's always um, the society, as it, it's still, we're pushing back um, as women, we're finding our voices across the board and in the workplace and socially, um, so I think for her and me at a young age, at 20, early 20s, and to be working in a male-dominated industry, you know, comes in very handy and uh, is um, okay to say. I think as a nation in Ireland, we're quite an apologetic nation, but uh, find that... <laughs> no, it's also, like sorry, sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry, that's that's Canada. <laughs> but, but, it's, but I think it's okay to be unapologetic, and I think that's very important that people it realize is. that. You don't have to be. It doesn't ha you don't have to say I'm sorry uh, so much as, y you know, language is powerful and with time, I, you know, I'm in getting up there and it's been a learned thing. Um, but again, you, when you say no, there's no and then silence. And I think the silence is more powerful than the no. So it's okay to say no, it's okay to be quiet, and it's okay for the other person to take that in and to receive that no. And hopefully they can hear you without a lot of explanation or apology or I'm sorry in the no. Like it's, we're actresses and so we learn how to deliver things in a certain tone. It's okay to say no graciously, but not apologize for saying no as well. I think the influence that a character has on your actual person is brilliant, and this is, I can relate this to all three of you. So Lou, the work you do with your daughter when you when you do your program, working with people to help build their confidence, and of course nutrition in that as well when it comes to looking after your body. Of course the stuff you've done as well, which we just spoke about, and how that, how that has helped you as a person. But what Holly, I even noticed with you in your character, uh, as you came up through, there were certain parts, you know, going from, you know, being the middle sister to being the older sister who had to make decisions, and of course, when you had your kids, that was during the show, and that all was part of the show as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a part of my life, a huge part of my life, and I spent uh, a lot of my life in that building with my kids, and it's a, it's a strange thing, but it, you know, it's like like she said, you know, growing up in that environment, which I did basically grow up there. I was twenty five, and I went to thirty three on that show, so there was big changes for me personally as there were for my character. So it was nice that we had parallel lines. If you take that from, let's say from Warpland Charm to Pretty Little Liars, mm. I know you've spoken about this, is that, <laughs> is that it's totally different now. It's, it's yeah. not pool tables and beer anymore. Yeah. It's changed to vegan vegan diets and all yes. sorts of proper eating and things like that. Yeah, the girls, the girls on PLL were proper professionals. We on Charmed were not. We were not. It was I don't different. know what we say that. <laughs> no, we weren't. Um, it was a different day and age, obviously. You know, and the girls on PLL, they do yoga and they drink green tea, which <laughs> my generation did not. But we're still here, so it's okay. Everybody survived. <laughs> there's, a, there's a huge crossover, and a lot of people here would know this, is that there's a huge crossover between the Charmed 
fan community and the Buffy uh, and the Angel fan base, which which I love to see. Um, last year you had a you had a big year. Of course, it was a reunion year for you guys. It was. It yeah. still is. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Two years ago was Buffy, and this year is Angel, and then she's. I was I was last year, right? Last year was it? They did a reboot for our anniversary. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you know, when that all happens, is that really exciting for you guys to kind of be going, oh wow, here we are again? It's kind of surreal. It doesn't seem like it's been twenty, does it? No. Okay, good. <laughs> check it. No, I I I'm physically getting older, but inside I don't. I right. am maturing, but eh, maybe this much <laughs> twenty years worth. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's surreal. It's but just I, two decades. Whatever. That's all, no big deal. <laughs> it's amazing. Lou, just to come back uh, to you there for a minute, uh, I know this is something that we, we, we mentioned earlier on when I was talking to you. We had looked at a couple of things that you had done, but I think one of the, one of the most interesting things I found out about Lou is that Lou is involved, uh, does quite a lot of community work, and he, he does a lot of work with, with police forces all across America. You're a deputy. Yeah, I've been a deputy for 15 years. I went through an academy to be certified because my father was the NYD police lieutenant. The law enforcement always fascinated me. So one time I was talking to the sheriff about 15 years ago. He said, why don't you join the, uh, the fort? Go through the academy. So I took six months studying, driving, shooting, everything to be certified by law because I didn't want to be honorary. I want to do the real deal. It changed my life tremendously because especially when I was situation Homeland Security, it's me giving back and I enjoy it. It changed my life a lot. I actually, could you imagine like, you're in the middle of stealing a car, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing, Sorry, buddy. That's right. There you go. <laughs> now, that's it. You just turn around and stop. You see, where it comes to your characters, as we were talking, uh, Holly and Christmas, what I always find is that it has never stopped for you, Lou. You, you, your voice is still used as the Incredible Hulk, even on the Marvel films to this day, which is amazing. You know what's amazing? I've done over five TV series, over 40 films. I could do 10 Gone with the Wind a film tomorrow, but everybody loves the Hulk. Yes. They want to be the Hulk. It, yes. it, 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 it's beautiful because a lot of actors that has TV series, they will fade on. But this is something that's been with me for 42 years, and also my physicality, which I'm very happy for. One of the He's very physical. He's very fit, still to this day. And you were the Hulk that I grew up with. And me too. Yeah. I also. I was always, always I, be my... I was always 17 then. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful show. I don't mean to no, be no. ageist about it, but just that you're in my heart as the one and only Hulk. Yeah. Thank you. But isn't yeah. it wonderful? Every you watch the show, every show had a wonderful message about life, like Bill Bixby. Not just yeah. about yeah. the character, but you learn from the show. Yeah. Good story. Yeah, like we that. need more of that. Yeah, absolutely. What I always find too, as well, is um, particularly when it when it comes to the Hulk of the shows that that we mentioned earlier, is that. You know you can try to replace it, but you'll, you'll never be replacing it. That's why there's such love for the shows that you guys were involved in, whether it be Charmed, whether it be Buffy, Angel, whether it be Sinbad. You know, we haven't mentioned that. And, of course, then, for any Star Trek fans out there, Star Trek Continues, is anyone familiar with that? Uh, yeah, Lou, Lou appeared in that as, uh, I wrote the character's name down, uh, Lonani. I think it is. You Lonani? When Star Trek yeah, Continues, yeah. An episode, I play a slave trader from another planet to reclaim my slave. So I show the evil side of me. Oh. Very evil. I was in the makeup. Where People was that? that <laughs> with Vic Magana, it's an online TV series. It one of the episodes called Romani. It was wonderful. The makeup was like five hours, but I had a chance to show the because I was a big fan of the original Star Trek, and I wanted to be part of it. So Vic, who played Captain Kirk, was shot down in Florida about three or four years ago, and uh, everyone loved the episode. Did you, did you get a chance to check it out? Okay. Yeah. Imagine you being evil. No. Oh, you watch this one. He's the nicest person ever. Thank you. Love that. Um, Holly, I want to go back to you because this, this, is, this is a phrase that I came across um, when I was doing a little bit of looking into you. And it was um, that originally when they started doing Charmed, right? And, and 
we've all seen this big character in Charmed, and they said that, oh, you know, maybe this might work out. We want someone with a little bit more star power. That, that was the exact quote. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Aaron and Shannon Darty, they, yeah. they kind of came and said, we're out, Jesus. Yeah, it was an awkward experience. Um, you know, I had been ch friends with Shannon for a while, and I had a few meetings with Aaron, and I went to network, and um, there was a certain person at the network that I've, I have made great amends with since then. There's no grudges still being held, I swear. <laughs> Um, that said, yeah, you know, we just, you know, with, with Shannon, we just want someone with a little bit more star power. And so... To your face, I said this. Um, or to your agent. No, I was still in the building, put it that way. Oh. Like I had read, <laughs> I was put in a separate room. It's like it, going to network is like severe torture for an actor. And then they talked about it, and then they came back and they told me. And... Um, so then Shannon and Aaron went back in the room and basically told them, we're not going to do the show without her, which is a very rare thing, um, and which is how I got the job. It took me very many years to uh, let that chip fall off my shoulder. Um, but I spent the first three years of the show kind of proving myself to the network. And I remember at one point I said to one of the writers, I said, I'm really tired. Like, you really are hammering me right now. And he goes, I know. We're going to prove them wrong. And I was like, oh. I didn't know it was a thing. We have a thing? Okay. So, yeah. And and um, I was there for a while, so I think they changed their mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they changed their mind. So, when it comes to Lou working out, um, you do your 40 minutes cardio and 30 minutes on weights. I know that when you had the babies, you did kickboxing and oh. Pilates and listened yeah. to a goddamn hell of a lot of Metallica. I did. I did. You well, I'll tell you something funny about eight months ago, I was training in the gym and I took charisma with me. She held up, she kept up with me. This girl in great shape. She and as a matter of fact, we were in a show called Battle of uh, the Network Star. Oh, I think we filmed right. a year ago. So I couldn't run the half mile or the quarter of a mile and you ran. I did. She won like a deal. <laughs> <laughs> like a deal. Like a deal. Like a deal. She's actually a great runner. Thanks. Well, I ran track and. <laughs> If it's okay with you guys, I'm going to open it out to the floor and see if yeah, we can okay. okay. No problem. So anyone want to start off? First, I just want to tell you, first, I, I, just, I just want to make it really clear to you, this is my first time to Ireland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am super excited. I'm like so excited to be here. <laughs> it's such an honor to be invited. I'm so grateful. And... Uh, your guy, you guys are very handsome people. You're gorgeous. I walked down the street and I'm like, my mom is like nudging me. I feel, I just like everyone is so, everybody's in their suits and they're walking. I'm like, where are they going? Is there a Wall Street nearby? Like, what's going on? It's beautiful. The architecture. I saw this place called Doyle's, which is from, is that a popular place? Yeah. It is. So I saw that. Who reminded me of Glenn Quinn, who is also Irish, who was on Angel, who's now passed away, who Holly actually knew as well. So to be here is just so wonderful to me. I just wanted you to know that. Woo. Thank you. Somebody told me yesterday something about the word called shift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What do you want to know, baby? <laughs> the, the so, shift in Ireland shift. Uh, means to kiss someone with tongues. Yeah. As opposed to without. Yeah, well, as, as, opposed to, as opposed to, I'm going to shift her or him or, not. or 
I'm going to shift my car outside. How do you know <laughs> the distinction? It's quite confusing, yeah. Like, you, you decide beforehand? Uh, it's it's not, not like in the yet. moment thing? No. It depends on the part of the country you're in. Wow! So it's like, will you meet North my friend? Will you meet my friend means, will you kiss my friend? Wow! So, oh, now so, you tell me. It's, oh, it's all <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure you got I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a translator. I'm going to need a translator. Imagine like, Holly, you could turn in and say, I'm meeting Charisma and Lou later on. They're like, oh, right. <laughs> That's not what we mean. Yeah, okay. Absolutely not. But that happens all the time. Around. Questions uh, from the floor? If anyone has any? Don't be shy. Okay, so we'll go to this lady first over here. Okay. Uh, just how you've seen through like the Marvel films now, sci-fi TV shows now, how kind of has changed for the gender balance? Do you see increase, decrease? Are you happy with that or yourself? Because between Charge and Pretty Little Liars, it's a big jump to kind of see everything change. Yeah, it, I mean it is. Uh, we were superheroes on Charge though, but on a you know a lesser level. You know they weren't letting us do big blockbuster movies for sure. Um, I do see the trend. Obviously, it's changing. My hope is it's not just a trend. And my hope is that if we have a big female movie um, and it does poorly, that suddenly we're going to see a downtrend of that happening. Because right now there's the uptrend. But you know, there are a lot of male movie stars that I'm not going to name names right now that have done really big, crappy movies, and they get other movies again. So. <laughs> I hope it's not a trend, and I hope it's something that's just more normalized, and you know, we don't have to talk about it as like, oh, there's a female superhero now. You know, it just, I was doing, at uh, my last Comic-Con, I was doing a female and sci-fi panel, and somebody said, you know, do you see a difference? Do you see a change? And I said, no, because we're, stu- we're still here at this we're panel. We're still having a panel well, called <laughs> women instead of people in sci-fi. You know, so, yeah, I, I, hope, it, I hope it goes the right way. So. Hi, uh, this is kind of for everyone. Um, your characters kind of become like legacy and they've lived on through other mediums, um, especially in comics and, um, and that. What have you thought about like where your characters have gone? Like I know uh, Charisma, Cordelia is now technically a dragon in the Angel comics. Oh, dragons are nice. Yeah, <laughs> and Lou, dragons you're always, <laughs> and you're always the voice in my head when I read a Hulk comic. And you know, Holly, the charmed comics are still. She has like ten kids now, right? (laughs) Something like that. We we have like things, different timelines (laughs) for you characters. So, what do you kind of think of that kind of legacy that kind of will always live on? I sincerely appreciate it. I mean, we couldn't have the show go on, so why not? I feel. I, I, I don't read the comics, unfortunately, so I haven't followed, and I had no idea I was a dragon. <laughs> Angel, call, Angel calls a dragon and attacks him, Cordelia, after Cordelia. Oh. So I'm not, tip, I'm not, not really actually, no. Cordelia, she just has my name. Yeah. Right. I'm fiery. <laughs> you know, i got to tell you, I agree with Holly when she said yeah. about the film today, because the time when I did the series back then, the show had good stories, good elements. And I'm not a big fan of the CGI because we're missing something. For example, a lot of people want to compare like the Hulk compared to the original Hulk because of more sensitivity. But the thing is, we need to come back to more uh, good story, home-based, nothing that's fancy, but it has to do with especially about life, about people. And I agree with what she said because sometimes when you look at the film, I see some actors I'm saying to myself, what am I looking at? What am I watching? But the good thing about these kind of show Years ago, we had what you call comic adventure. Now it changed because it's called pop culture. 
now that the public embraced, uh, the media embraced it, because that's why everybody now knows about pop culture, like Comic-Con, but uh, 25, 30 years ago, only the people that really read the magazine and the comic book. So it's a big change in technology, but I predict, I'd like to see what Harley mentioned, come back to the good old-fashioned storyline that moved people, but uh, looking at spaceships shooting, people getting killed, there's too much violence in film today, too. Oh. Anyone else for a question? Uh, let's take over, sir. This gentleman here back. Mm -hmm. A question for everyone on the panel. Um, are you surprised, or have you been surprised by the international popularity of the the shows you have done? I was definitely blown away. Yeah. I mean, and we didn't really do well in the states because the network kept moving us around so much, and so finally, when we were bought in England, I think I think they took like a, a year or two delay because it was witches. <laughs> so they had to mull it over for a while um, before it was accepted. But yeah, I mean, we did we did better in countries like Australia and Italy and Germany, and just and we had no idea because we were in our stage sort of encapsulated and had no clue until years later that we were actually doing better overseas. So there was a reason we kept getting picked up. The network just didn't let us know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was very, it's it's interesting. Um, I think that has a great deal to do with why I am able to sometimes do movies because of my um, foreign sales likability or quotient or formula. <laughs> Somehow I, I'm more, I'm, I'm an asset overseas. Um, I know the first time I ever went abroad when I was on Buffy, I went to, uh, I went with my future husband who was not my husband at the time to Saint-Tropez, uh, France, and I was with my husband, not my husband's time, my boyfriend then, uh, and we were walking in this quad, this area, and there was a fire uh, truck with all these firemen. And all of these firemen, in whatever language it was, it was apparent that they recognized me. And I was really okay with that. <laughs> I was like, wow. You know, it's one thing to be recognized, and then you have like a trip. And then my poor, poor boyfriend and our husband at the time, you know, he, he, he appreciated my, like, I had never been recognized before abroad. And then, like, to be recognized, but the way I was recognized and where I was when I happened, I'm like, I made it to a tiny little place in Saint Tropez by fire. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. It was great. It was wonderful. It, it, it always, it never gets old, <laughs> frankly. It's awesome. It really changed internationally because it was funny, 40 years, 42 years ago when I was doing the series, I remember I was at the pilot, which was hoping to get picked up at the series. But it came to the point that every country in the world embraced the hope. So at the time when I got married to my wife back in 1980, we planned to go to a honeymoon in Tahiti. I said, this is fantastic. I could go to Tahiti, nobody would know who I am. <laughs> so we fly to Tahiti, we take a boat, we go to Bora Bora, it's like an old engine. So finally we pulled up to the pier, I see the kids standing there, and he's holding a comic book and oh says, The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of my honeymoon. <laughs> That's, <great. laughs> That's so what you get. You've for all of these years. 40 years. I know. Yeah. They, they travel together mom, everywhere. By the way. You always ask me about my mom. I was going to call her mom. Not when there's a microphone in front of me. I was going to ask about mom. He always asks me about my mom, and I always ask him about his wife. They've been together so long, and she comes with him quite a bit. I'm sure she's not going to want to have a jet lag. Next up to the floor. Uh, 
when you're moving into other ventures and things like that, like, oh, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Uh, when you're moving into other ventures and different gigs and different jobs uh, away from acting like producing or directing or any other job, um, do you ever second guess yourself or do you go into it full force and go, you know what, I can do this, I can do anything? I'm not sure if I understand the question. When you go into other fields outside of acting, mm -hmm. yeah. do you ever question yourself? Like, right now I'm supposed to be writing a book. Well, by right now I mean the last three years, <laughs> maybe four. And I'm failing miserably because of that, because I doubt myself so much that I stop and stall and I procrastinate. Even though I have a lovely agent that says, you know, you have something here, you have something good. I actually was even really insecure and I sent it to the creator of Pretty Little Liars, and I was like, just be really honest with me. If this sucks, just tell me it's trash. And if you think I can do it, you know, by myself, then let me know. She goes, you can absolutely do this. And even that, it's been four years, count them four. Because <laughs> that's what happens to um, I feel like, for me, I've produced, I was a part of um, Surviving Evil, which was uh, two counts, two stories about people who have survived evil. Um, I was able to consult on that because I have two survived evil. And I was able to um, do that. But in terms of, so producing, it's, to me I feel like I'm, and I don't want to say this in a disparaging way, a bit bossy. <laughs> and what I see, what I mean to say is, I feel like I have leadership tendencies and qualities. Um, but I don't think self-doubt is uh, a bad thing. I don't think that, I think it would be unnatural to not have self-doubt. I just think it's a matter of um, believing in yourself enough. You know, I love that you've even gotten it as far as you have with your book. 40 pages. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it is. Maybe you know, 45. I, I'm developing a TV show and I'll, I'll get, I, personally, I got a note back from a showrunner. And a showrunner said, I'm just a little concerned that there's this other thing, and it da 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 And he outlined all the way, articulately, all the points that would be disconcerting. And, and I addressed all these other points, and then on the last one, I'm like, not worried about it. That's not our story. Like, it's really not about uh, what I've learned. It's not about looking for how you're the same. It's, a, it, it, it's really about finding your own voice, which is your own voice, your, your own unique self. So you haven't heard my voice. You have no idea what I'm capable of. So you can't tell me no. Like, I don't hear no. No isn't in my wheelhouse. If no is in my wheelhouse, you wouldn't be an actor. You wouldn't be the Hulk, <laughs> the deputy, you know, doing all the things that you do and traveling the world and representing your, your character as well. I mean, we're not superhuman. It's just... We experience the same fears and self-doubts as everyone else, but like no isn't, it's not enough. It's just not enough to stop. It's all about passion. Embrace your passion and go in many different ways. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, By the way, just to let you know, you guys, some of you guys have a strong Irish accent. It's been hard of hearing, so if I uh, misunderstand you, don't, uh, don't jump on me. <laughs> 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 um, this lady over here, please. Marvel has become literally one of the biggest franchises that the, kind of, the world of movie and TV has ever seen. Could you imagine that 40 years ago, how big 
it would become and how popular Hulk would become and the rest of the characters. Well, what's interesting, when I did the Hulk, the pilot for the Hulk at the time, I was trained for the 1977 Miss Olympia competition, I gave up the training to do, do the pilot. And I was very nervous because they said, maybe get picked up and go to, to Betamax like DVD. <laughs> but I remember at the time we only had channel four and seven, three channels. At the same time, Captain America and Spider-Man failed at the TV series. So I had no idea, 42 years later, I'll be in Ireland doing a con <laughs> and the publicity. And they did just like the groundwork, like you see all these A-list actors doing all these uh, adventure movies, Marvel movies. It all began because of my show, like the Pioneer show. So I'm very happy because back then, People that want to watch science fiction, maybe you, maybe you watch it on Saturday morning. But now we have these comic characters dominating the box office, like the last movie, The Adventures, The Endgame, making more money than Avatar, which is great because every one of us want to be a superhero, especially at the time in our country we're going through a lot of problems. People want that connection, like for example, World War II. People love entertainment because that's why movies were so popular. But the beauty about today, there's so many different networks. We have Netflix, Amazon, a place for everyone to have a job as long as you're passionate about it. But as far as, like you say, Marvel, it's grown tremendously, but I don't like the, the direction of going to CGI. Like I mentioned before, what Holly and I mentioned, we need to see more uh, real, realistic show. It's actually quite fitting that it's something that came up. Just as you mentioned it, Lou, as you mentioned Avengers Endgame, and one of the things that struck me is for anyone that has seen that film, there's an immense amount of grief and self-doubt in that film. And it's the first time I think we've probably seen that from superheroes on screen. Well, it, it's always been evident in, in, in certain things, but it's definitely, they wanted to put it out there and say, look, these are normal humans at the back of it all. Uh, and they have feelings just the same as everyone else, which is interesting. Um, anyone else out there for a question? This gentleman down here, please. Um, all three of you are on massive TV shows at a time when there wasn't really a crossover, like TV stars were considered, you stay there, movie stars were here. Was there ever any frustration that you weren't afforded the opportunities that your talents deserved? Any frustration? Yeah. yeah. Do you? I, I had a moment. I had a moment when, um, because uh, before, when I had done Picket Fences, I was still auditioning for a lot of movies, and then when I started to do Charmed, somehow the tide turned for some reason. It was just the genre was, at the time, just not as respected as it is now. So I, I, I said to my agent at the time, I was like, why is that? What, what is that about? He goes, he goes, <laughs> he goes, honey, if you don't have a movie career by the time you're 30, you're not going to have one. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Rude. Um, which is, is not the case. He is actually, strangely enough. <laughs> Hi. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, it's true. At the time, it was true. The, the crossover was very, very, very difficult. And now, what I'm finding difficult is that Glenn Close is doing TV. <laughs> yeah. Meryl Streep is doing TV. And Kevin's busy. Like, go back to your own place. <laughs> we were here first. You know, so it's it's completely changed, and it, you know the rules don't apply anymore, which is great. You know, there there is more opportunity for everybody. But at a time, yeah, it irked me a little bit. I was like, why well, still? I'm still the. What? Did I downgrade? What wow. happened? That's interesting because I remember when I was on, I think that if I didn't do, I had opportunities to do movie, but movies. However, I was working on a Angel, a, a nighttime show, and we would get a lot of visits from 20th Century Fox. Um, I don't remember the department, but there was a lot of concern because our hours were excessively long. So. 
uh, people and crew were, most crew do not live in LA proper, they live outside the city limits. So they're a good hour to work and an hour after work. And if you're working me as talent, I was only, I was called in two hours before so I could do hair and makeup and then I would work a 12 to 14 hour day. Well, crew is before me and they leave way after me and they're not in, I'm not in all scenes, they're in all scenes every day, Monday through Friday. So when I would have a call on, I would get off work, say Saturday morning at 7 a.m., 6 a.m., whenever the daylight came back, we'd wrap and then drive home. They would be getting home much later and then we'd have to start Monday morning at five in the morning. So their hours were insane and people were getting hurt driving home. So what's interesting is that when you're working on these sci-fi shows, these long hour sh shows, and you're doing it for nine months back in my day, you did, you did TV, 22 episodes was nine months out of the year, you were exhausted. The idea of doing a movie after doing nine months of television, working 14, 16 hour days, I, I'm sorry, the people that are young and coming up in this era, they work 40 hour work weeks and they're like, oh my God, I worked so hard this week. I put in two extra hours. I'm like, oh, please. You don't even know what it's like to work hard. And that's me. And I'm still like the diva actress. I'm not a diva actress, but in the sense that you get those, I'm not a diva, but like you get the cushier hours. You get to go back to your trailer on a break. Crew doesn't get that break. They don't get anything. And so crew and talent are working ex exceedingly long hours, dangerous hours, technically. And then you, you're, the idea of doing a, a movie on your two and a half month break did not appeal. I wanted to see my family. I wanted to spend time uh, traveling, seeing the world, like spending some money that I had you know, hoarded all year long. Um, you know, I wanted to have that experience rather than do movies. And I remember being on Angel and getting an audition for Tomb Raider. And I was meeting with the studio. I was on my lunch break going over and I met with them. I had opportunities. There, the opportunities were there. I chose not to work because of, of, those, of, of the hours I was working. I wanted to spend my time uh, connecting with people and staying grounded and, and getting like seeing my family. You know, when you work in the industry that we work in and you're working those kind of hours and you're working those sorts of months, you you don't even know if you're gonna be able to fly home for Thanksgiving. Like everybody in the world gets to like make their decision. Don't feel bad for me. I'm not saying <laughs> feel bad for me. I'm very privileged. But it is there are sacrifices and the sacrifices are you see less and less of your family. You can't make commitments to weddings. You can't necessarily go to a funeral. You can't necessarily spend Thanksgiving with your family because oh by the way I just got my schedule. It's the day before Thanksgiving. I'm not going to be able to catch a flight. Like we're jam. There are no flights to catch at this eleventh hour. You know, and that's just the reality of it. Um, I'm not complaining, but it's the truth. And so if we didn't do movies, or if that happened, in my case at least, it was because I didn't have the energy. I wanted to make up for that time with people that I loved and I didn't get to be with, you know, or see places and go to San Diego. Well, Chris, you've got a great point. When I did the show, the first one and the last one on the set, yeah, because of the makeup situation. Makeup, no kidding. And many times I wanted to quit the show. The one time June Cameron told me, he said, do the show until it wants to course because you don't want to give it up because it's frustrating to be in the motorhome. I could not socialize with the crew. I had to stay in the motorhome, be in air conditioning, blowing on me all day because to keep my temperature down because right. of the makeup. There were a lot of frustrations. People said, you know, you're typecatcher, this and that. Said, the only typecatcher is to change yourself. One morning, I remember when I was filming on the set, I had to be on the set at 4 o'clock in the morning. This was the new home. So the catering truck comes and they say to me, Listen, would you like to have a breakfast? I said, I'd like to have a dozen omelet, a dozen egg omelet. 
Okay, so they said, we have to leave, we have to go to a different location. So the catering truck leaves, and they bring the omelet to me, and I said, listen, put on the motorhome, step outside, let it cool down. So 4.30, the makeup process began. 15, 20 minutes later, I said, could you get my omelet? I told the makeup person. He opened the door, the plate was empty, the coyotes ate my breakfast. <laughs> you talk about frustration. <laughs> no food, we makeup. You wonder how pissed I was. <laughs> but anyway, I just got to the point. But the TV series, very hard. People forget how much time you put into it. Not just being on the set, also you got to be involved, you know, with the, with the dubbing, with the production, the, the social media, everything. And uh, five years, I sometimes put like 60 hours a week. Yeah. But I'm glad I did it because uh, a lot of, you know my biggest frustration when I see a lot of the actors say, I wish I could quit this series, it's so painful. I mean, come on, you're making a good living, stop complaining about it. <laughs> you want to be an actor, do your job and shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, can you put your hands Alright, so you're listening to the podcast and you're like, hey, I want to get involved, but I'm not in Ireland and I don't have time to listen live. Well, guys, listen, we've revamped everything. We've made it super easy. Nerd to Know Media, everything. Nerd to Know Media, Gmail. Nerd to Know Media on Twitter. Nerd to Know Media on Twitch. Nerd to Know Media across the wall. Everything that you can do, you're able to find us. Nerd to Know Media. NerdToKnowMedia.com is our website, just in case. You can tune in, be the tune in app. And catch us live if you want to. Type in Nerd Snow Bases on Phoenix 92.5 FM and you're able to find us. The stream to the show as it's happening live is actually on our website, nerdsnowmedia.com. Also, if you haven't got time for that or if you want something a bit more convenient, we're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all across the board. And if you do want to catch us live when we record the show, because spoilers, we tape the show, we do it live on Twitch, Nerdducks. N-E-D-D-U-X is where you can find my personal Twitch channel and we stream there for show every single Thursday at 9pm. So guys, no excuse not to listen. We're very easy to find. Nerdtonomedia.com for more information. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre, this is Phoenix FM. Download and do it again. Alright guys and welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the press panel. Um, that is exclusive. It's literally just happened today. Um, and we'll have a lot more content from Dublin Comic Con uh, on this channel on this radio uh, program Spotify all that kind of stuff as well so uh, to close out the show I'm going to have my interview with Olivia Fahey of course she's the press coordinator of DCC friend of the show um, very, if, I have, if I haven't been able to sell it on you, uh, to you guys she will so to close out the show here's Olivia Fahey on Nerd to Know Basis Phoenix 92.5 FM Nerd to Know Media.com and of course we'll see you on Sunday 4pm, panel room one for the first ever Nerd to Know Media panel. Literally everything addressed and we'll see you there guys. Talk to you next week. Okay everybody, uh, welcome back to Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM and NerdToKnowMedia.com. I am joined by the one, the only, the press coordinator of uh, Dublin Comic Con, Olivia Fahey. How are things Olivia? Welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. Oh, thanks again for having me back. 
it's uh it, it, you know i i personally love having you on the show because uh, no one gets me more hype for comic-con than yourself and, <laughs> and you're always a wealth of knowledge anyway so you're very welcome well it is my job so i'm glad that it's working <laughs> <laughs> oh that's for sure i tell you you know you must be you must be incredibly busy now coming up to uh we're only a week out now at this point so i'm not gonna lie my brain is melted just uh, a little bit <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I have to say, there is quite a buzz around Comic-Con this year now. I know we had the the, summer, the spring one, but it's uh, everywhere I go now, there's like posters, there's, you know, you get tickets if you're planning and all that kind of stuff. So how, how, has, the, how has the growth been for, for this round of Comic-Con compared to the previous years? Well, do you know something? It's been absolutely massive. And especially after the success of Spring Edition this year, it's just been insane. Like the amount of people who had never been before but heard about spring edition either just beforehand and couldn't make it or in just the aftermath and oh. they've made damn sure that they're coming to this one now as well so our numbers are actually looking a lot uh, higher than what we're expected especially judging by like this time last year so we're we're actually very excited so um i actually did another interview with uh, today fm yesterday wow. And they were like, oh, yes, we saw, um, we're hearing rumors of like 22,000 over the course of the two, week, the two days over the weekend. And I was like, yeah, actually, and that's a terrifying number, but also it's absolutely amazing because it's beyond expectations. But that, that is what we're looking at. We're looking at our numbers being like one of our highest ever. So it's great. It's really Sorry. awesome for us. <laughs> Did you just say 22,000? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Wow, that's going to be crazy. That, and that and that is both excitement and terror in my voice because <laughs> it's, it's a massive number, and for us to have grown so much over the last seven years, it is just such an amazing accomplishment that we're kind of like, oh wow, like if if this actually really happens, then we're like. Yeah, we're going to be really chuffed. So, but yeah, it, it, that's the way it, the projection is looking. So it's great. Well, look, congratulations on that. That's uh, you know, I've I've been going most of those seven years, and to to hear that is just absolutely crazy. So fair play. Um, but yeah, I tell you, next weekend it's going to be it's going to be something else. All right. So what what have we got um, lined up um, for people who've never been to Comic Con before? Um, what are some of the highlights of the weekend? Oh, do you know what? I'm kind of like, where do I start? Um, with our guests, we have probably, like, and I mean no disrespect to any of our previous guests, but I think this is one of our strongest lineups ever. Right. We have Patrick Warburton, who, of course, voices Joe in Family Guy, mm. and he's also the voice of Kronk in Emperor's New Groove. Um, so I'm sure he's going to be, like, listening to Pull the Lever for the entire day <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend. Um, some of the younger um, uh, attendees might also know him from Netflix's uh, Lemony Snicket, a series of unfortunate events as well. So he's actually going to be able to cover like a broad spectrum of, get, of uh, attendees. So uh, think, it's going to be interesting I, to see what his queue is like, actually. <laughs> I think his queue is going to be like the biggest one because he's also played the thick as well. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is going to be, everyone knows him in something. He's one of those guys where you don't realize he's in so much until you know, you, you look, you research him. So I think his cue is going to be out the door. Exactly. And I loved him in Rules of Engagement as well myself. So. <laughs> That's an odd pick, but fair enough. Oh, I know. Um, of course, oh, some of our other guests we have um, from Marvel, we have um, Palm, who played Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers. And we have Lou Ferrigno, who plays uh, the Hulk. So... <laughs> Not, so Marvel fans, well looked after there. Um, for Game of Thrones fans, we've got the original Night King, Richard Brake. So yeah. he was also in uh, Supernatural and he was in Batman Begins as well. Yeah. Um, so 
little bit of DC in there, you know, just to <laughs> balance it out. Uh, we also have Roger Clark, who, of course, voiced Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. Wow. He is originally from Ireland, um, moved to the States, so he's very much looking forward to coming back home, he said. So uh, that's all going to be very exciting. And we also have um, Charisma Carpenter and uh, Holly Marie Combs. Um, Charisma, of course, is from Buffy and Angel, with Holly being Piper in Charmed. And actually, they both appeared in Charmed as well, because uh, Charisma appeared at the Seer um, in the show as well. So... The two of them are very excited for coming over. They've kept in touch all these years, so they're like really looking forward to checking out Dublin um, together. So yeah, everyone's like really excited. It's it's the guests. I think are probably going to be one of the main draws. Um, we of course have a number of panels this year. Some of them are here for the first time. Some of them are coming back. So um, the Star Trek fans will have the USS Cullen uh, discussing um, Star Trek Discovery season two and how it's differed from. Uh, season one, is it better, is it worse, things like that. We have a bunch of comic-based uh, panels, horror uh, horror panels, movie panels, you name it, we, we have it. And yeah, it's just all good. There's going to be a lot going on, so hopefully everyone will remember to check out the timetable before they, they head out in the morning because we would not want them to miss the thing that they wanted to get to see the most. Oh, for sure. And I just say, uh, like, even looking through the panels this year as well, it, it's so in-depth, you know, I said there's something for everyone. Uh, I... I'm personally excited to see the UFO panel. I'm not going to lie. That's going to be. I fun. know. I wonder if they're going to mention Area 51. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, the last preparations before they storm Area 51. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and also the the horror in manga and and Japanese pop culture. That's going to be pretty fun too. And that's an early start one as well. So you know, it seems that from the very start until the end, it's just wall to wall. There's so much stuff to do, uh, even before you get into the trade hall or before you start. Uh, going around and, and seeing some of the, the stand-up displays that are there. Yeah, completely. And we've got a few new um, sets and displays that are going to be brought in as well. So um, oh, one of the organizers, Carl, has been hard at work in the workshop now this weekend in order to make sure that everything's ready for, for next week. Can you give us a sneak peek or is it under wraps? Oh, there might be. There might have been a little sneaky photo taken that was put up onto our uh, onto our social media pages this afternoon. So, oh. if, uh, if you go onto the Facebook uh, Facebook page, the Instagram, the Twitter, you might see a little uh, a little teaser of of what's to come. Um, I've seen it. It's it's amazing looking. I'm actually really looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, super fun! Actually, that's a point. It seems like you, uh, the Nightmare Realm is doing stuff now with you guys this year. Is that true, or is that a rumor? Um, they are to a certain extent, not to the same extent that they were. So the Nightmare Realm used to bring over um, guests and things like that as well. They'd sponsor a guest. So now they're coming over in a, in a new capacity, but still very much involved. Oh, super fun. And also, uh, you know, this weekend's been crazy with like esports and we had the Fortnite World Cup and stuff. Uh, what about fans for that? What's, what's there on the esports and gaming side of things? So we will um, still have our little setup for all of the video game fans, and that's, this is also going to include um, some of the, the really old school, the retro gaming um, area as well. Um, and then for those who are also more interested in the tabletop gaming side of things, there's going to be plenty of new tabletop games for people to try out. Um, I always remember there was one um, last year that they were launching their Kickstarter, and Basically, I ended up having to, to support, not having to, I ended up wanting to support it because it sounded like such a great idea. So there's going to be lots of different things going on. So if gaming in any capacity is something that you are looking forward to, then we pretty much have you covered. 
fantastic. Olivia, now for anyone who is listening and hasn't been to Comic Con or hasn't heard about this by some miracle, um, how can people get <laughs> how can people get involved and uh, how can they experience this next weekend? So our tickets are on sale um, at DublinComicCon.com um, or from Eventbrite, and your tickets would be for either the Saturday or the Sunday, and we have a variety of different ticket styles. So whether general admission for adults, children, things like that. We also have early entry tickets for this season um, for the first time. And then also VIP passes now. The VIP passes for Saturday are completely sold out. And I think we have two left for Sunday. Um, but it, but that's pretty much it for the, for the VIP passes. Um, you can check out the website to get more information on and more details on everything that we have going on, including you know, the trade hall, the artist alley, so you can support some Irish-based um, comic creators and artists as well. Um, so it's literally going to be, everything is illustrated on our website um, awesome. clearly. And yeah, hopefully you'll find something that really catches your eye and you come and check us out because we're really cool. And, you know, we put our hearts into this and we always used to say that we're, we're con run by fans for fans. And I think that's probably why we've been doing as well as we have been um, over the years. That's what it definitely feels like, Olivia. I have to say, you know, uh, you know, it, it's something that I look forward to. It's something I know a lot of other people look forward to, and it's great to see the success. It's always, it's always a great experience, and I wish you the very best luck with this weekend. After it's done, hopefully you can go get a couple of drinks and and relax because it seems a lot of work ahead. It seems like there will be a gin waiting for me. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I look forward to uh, to seeing you next weekend, and thanks so much for coming on the show again. You're always welcome. No problem. And I hope everyone goes to check out your panel that's on Sunday. Ah, uh, yes. At three o'clock in panel room one. So hopefully that isn't a disaster, but do check it out, guys. <laughs> All right. Olivia, thank you so much. No problem. Okay, guys, that was Olivia Fahey from DCC Dublin City Comic Con 2019. It's going to be awesome. Get your tickets over on um, Eventbrite. You can go to uh, DublinComicCon.com and get your tickets there. No excuse not to. If you haven't, totally worth your time uh we'll be there on three o'clock on the sunday if you listen to this on phoenix 92.5 fm you know you have time guys we'll be there tomorrow um at three o'clock sunday in panel room one i'm going to set up an event page uh and you guys can go to that um so yeah we will see you guys there if you're at dublin comic-con uh we'll be covering the whole weekend so come over and say hi and if you're at the panel Come along. See you then, guys. This is Nerd to Know Basis and Nerd to Know Media on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Talk to you next week.